This happened a couple years ago, and while it's not the scariest situation, it was definitely creepy. I was on my way to work and decided to stop at the mall to pick up some things I needed. As I was walking to my destination, I heard a voice behind me say, Hello, Megan. How are you? I turned around, expecting to see someone I knew, but was surprised to see a tall man I had never seen before smiling at me. He said, Hey, Megan, and I sputtered a meek, Hi, and kept walking. I thought he maybe said ma'am, and I had just misheard it, so I ignored it and kept walking to my destination. Once I get to the store, I notice he's still behind me and enters the store with me. My gut is telling me this is not normal, but once again, I give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm looking around through the racks of clothes when I look up to see him looking around the store as if he was looking for someone. I'm about 5'1", so I hide well in stores with racks and clothes, so I just grab what I wanted and walk to the front to pay for it. I look up again, and he's standing right behind me, staring. The cashier and I shared an awkward glance, and I paid and walked out with this man right on my tail. So I got fed up and turned around to him and said, What the hell do you want? He then said, You, and just walked away. So I walked in my car the whole time looking over my shoulder to make sure he wasn't nearby. And once I was inside the car, I pulled out my phone to call my dad. I noticed I had a Facebook notification, which was a friend request from this stranger. I called my dad, who said to check the Bluetooth airdrop to see if it's on, and it wasn't, because I never used Bluetooth. I looked out my car window to see this guy looking around the parking lot and looking into car windows. I tell my dad that, and he tells me just to go, so I did. I blocked this guy on Facebook and haven't seen or heard from this guy again. I hope I never do. As I wait to clock in for work, I remember this strange situation I had and thought I'd share. So to start off, I'm a paranoid person and probably avoid people and interaction more than normal. I really hate to be in public, non-professional areas like gas stations, but university is fine. So my first year of college, like I said, I don't like to be alone in public places like gas stations. So thankfully, my protective father and older brother would fill up my car's gas tank for me so I didn't have to go on my own. However, one day I was low on gas and went to a relatively nice gas station one block away from my university. I felt fine because this gas station was all college students as well. I was having trouble with my gas pump and assumed it was a problem with my car. So I looked around and stopped what I assumed was a fellow college student dude. I never told this man my name or anything. It was a quick one-minute interaction, just asking him to check the gas pump for me. It was a gas pump that was faulty after all, so I went to the clerk, and that's that. Anyway, fast forward two years. I never really had a real social media like Instagram, Snapchat, or whatever. I just have an empty Facebook with selfie PFPs, three to four friends added, and my university tagged. And my name was spelled slightly off for protection. Yes, I'm paranoid. I do use Facebook Messenger a lot to talk to friends. So I saw that I received a message request. Hey, how are you? We met at the gas station. You won't believe it. I only managed to find you until today. Of course, I didn't respond or accept the message. And just left it so it looked like a dead account. 
I don't know how he managed to find me. Even people who knew me well have a lot of trouble tagging or finding me. Did he take my car's license plate? Did he look through the whole list of people who were tagged to the university to find me? Who knows, but I'm more annoyed than scared that the first time I ever went out of my comfort zone and finally did something for myself, I get creeped on. Do you really attract what you fear? So, this didn't happen to me, but a friend of a friend. She had told me that her friend had met a guy on Tinder from another city whom she had been texting with for a little while. They planned to meet up at her apartment one night. The whole time he was there, she got a really weird and creepy vibe from him. He would make morbid jokes and tease and flirt her in a super creepy way, like telling her that he loved her tits, but that they would be much bigger and therefore hotter if she was 200 pounds heavier. When it was time to go, he seemed reluctant to leave and asked if he could stay, but she refused, and he finally left. Half an hour later, however, he was back at her front door, asking her if he could spend the night at her place because he had missed his train. She reluctantly agreed to let him sleep on the couch for the night, but when she went to bed, she made sure to lock her bedroom door. At some point in the night, she heard strange sounds and him creeping through her apartment. A few moments later, he was knocking on her door, saying he needed help with something, but her gut feeling told her not to open the door, so she stayed put. When the morning came, she cautiously left her room and looked through her apartment. He was gone apparently, but she discovered her bathroom was entirely covered in foil. Always make sure to trust your gut and meet your Tinder dates in a public place if it's the first time. You can't really gauge what a person is like from just texting them. Remember the early days of the web? AOL software upgrades arrived in the mail on a CD-ROM. Family members shouted across the house to another. If an incoming call on the landline interrupted the painstaking 10 minutes it took to get from the American online sign-in screen to hear, you got mail, reverberate throughout the whole room. Receipts of multicolored chain emails, a serial killer camping out in a young girl's shower and killing her guard dog, and truly pondered the threat against their luck for the next seven years if they didn't abide by the message's command to forward it on to seven friends. Better not risk it, we told ourselves as we quickly typed out seven email addresses in the receipt field. And finding everything there was to know about a person online, something anyone could do today with a few keystrokes and a credit card, was a lot harder to do back then, but not for Corey. I was 15 years old, at the time, a big US and exotic usernames like Pina Colada 33 were all the rage. Naive as we early screen name pioneers were, being anonymous was smart. Social media was in its infancy. Everyone was friends with Tom on MySpace. AIM didn't exist as a standalone message service just yet, so it was MSN Messenger or Bust. But if you had a true AOL account like I did, you were set up with all you needed to discover this new, hyper-connected, free-for-all world in the early 2000s World Wide Web. Your own email box, a new page to create a personal profile, access to chat rooms on just about any topic or hobby you could possibly imagine. It was exhilarating, until it was terrifying. One afternoon, I jumped into one of these chat rooms. Age, sex, location. 16 female Boston 
I watched the usual exchange between total strangers scroll across my screen for several minutes, hoping to find my opportunity to finally chime in and introduce myself. Ultimately, I got bored and left that chat without typing a word. An instant message appeared on my screen. You didn't say anything. Why not? Who is this? Being confused by the username as I didn't recognize it. I'm Corey. I'm 16. 8th grade in Lake Charles, Louisiana. What about you? 16 and 8th grade? Yikes. And yet, I was intrigued. So, you get held back twice or what? I teased. And so the conversation began. We struck up a brief online friendship that afternoon. He shared a photo. Freckled face, brown hair. Nothing I would rate above a 5 on a hot or not scale. Yet despite the friendliness, I refused to tell him where I was from or any personal things about me beyond my first name and age. I knew a little bit about the dangers of the internet, but I wasn't dumb either. My username was a fruity drink and some numbers. Safe enough, I figured. For background, I did have one of those AOL user profiles. Its standard features included a profile picture and a questionnaire filled out with fun facts about you. My photo was one of me with several friends. No indication of which one I was whatsoever. A few days later, Corey messaged me out of the blue. You're beautiful. What? Brunettes with green eyes, man. Somehow, despite my photo containing three other friends, he accurately identified me. I would love to see you sometime. I felt my skin prick. I politely told him something to the effect of not being possible and quickly logged off. Friday, the following week, I was sleeping over at my best friend's house. I logged into my account in the background as we thirstily browsed cute guys on Hot or Not. Who's messaging you? My friend asked. I knew. It was Corey. Hey, you live in Houston. Your parents are James and Sarah Miller, and you live on 1655 South Grand. You know that feeling when you're on a roller coaster during a sharp drop and your heart jumps into your throat? That was that moment. Fortunately, we managed to find out that AOL, in fact, did have a block user feature that night. That was it. So long, creepy 16-year-old middle schooler with scarily good online sleuthing skills. It didn't last long. The next day, a screen name similar to Corey's messaged me. He had another account. I quickly blocked it. This happened five more times. I finally went dark for a while. Sure, I missed the thrill of seeing that yellow envelope appear in the virtual mailbox, but it was better than the threat of being harassed by Corey. A few weeks later, I got home from school. My little sister was a baby at the time, 14 years my junior. She had a nanny who stayed with her during the day while my parents were at work. When I walked to the door of the kitchen, the nanny handed the phone to me. It's for you, she said with a quizzical look on her face. Who is it? I really don't know. Some boy with a twang in his voice. Sounded like he was from East Texas or Louisiana. Oh God. Hello? I'm muttered into the phone. Hey pretty thing, it's Corey. So my friends and I are all into that show Jackass. We're thinking of making a trip over to Houston and doing some pranks around the town next week. How hilarious would it be if I surprised you at your front door? I choked down a nervous laugh. I mumbled an excuse about having a quiz the next day and quickly hung up. For the next few weeks, I slept with a knife under my mattress. 
I was absolutely terrified. I would wake up with Lake Charles, Stranger Boy, on the balcony outside my window. How did he get my phone number? But just as soon as he invaded my sense of security, he seemingly disappeared. No instant messages, no uninvited calls at my home. The knife finally went back into its respective kitchen drawer. Two months passed, and it felt gloriously safe till the phone rang the first week of summer break. Hi. Who is this? It's me, Corey. Let me be clear, this wasn't the same voice I heard two months ago. That voice was drifting in southern syrup. It was young and full of mischief. The new voice was different. It was cold. It lacked any discernible accent. It was older. I was speaking to a grown man. I'm sorry I haven't been able to talk to you. He hurriedly blurted out. Why did he sound rushed? I feel terrible, but the police came to my house. They took my computers away from me. I can't say why, but don't worry. I'll come to Houston soon. That was the last day I used that fruity username. I deleted that account and created a new one. I embarrassingly told my parents I made a huge mistake, despite having shared nothing that could have easily revealed my personal identity. Even if I had, the threat back then wasn't what it is now. This was nearly 20 years ago. Back then, people simply didn't have the online presence that they do today. As a teenager, with no social media yet, I was virtually a ghost, but still, I was convinced I was somehow culpable for this stranger, this man, a predator who clearly had an advanced knowledge of computers and the internet, singling me out and making it his mission to learn everything about me through whatever means possible. He was determined to get to me. I'm only grateful that even at 15, I knew better than to trust that freckle-faced kid from the online chat room. Two decades later, I still wonder where Corey ended up. Hopefully behind bars. Bad vibes here. Trigger warning for assault for this story. Hey everyone. For reference, I'm a 19-year-old teen who's fairly tall in structure. This takes place a couple months ago. Around October, I would say. Being extremely bored at college and my other friends hooking up left and right, I decided to jump on the Tinder bandwagon. Yeah, I know all the risks and all that, but hey, I was bored and always made sure to inform my friends where I was at. When scrolling, I meet this guy. Although I'm not the prettiest person in the world, I would definitely say I was lowering my standards for this particular prick. Large glasses, kind of chubby, in a cute way, and was only a couple inches taller than me. However, he seemed nice and said he was interested in pre-med. He liked to paint, I liked to draw, and was only a couple years older than me. Why not? So I scroll right and move on. The next day he messaged me several times and I responded back. The dude seemed interested, if not a little too interested. But hey, he wanted to get coffee in a public place, so I accepted. So we get coffee. This dude is definitely a nerd, but I like that. I'm really studious myself and really like to force hard on my academics. He buys me coffee and asks if I wanted to go back to his place. Red flag right there. But this guy was not someone that screamed date rape, frat, or intimidating. We go back and we make out and it's getting a little heated. Granted, I made it clear that I wanted a relationship, not a hookup, and wasn't willing to give him sex since I was and still am a virgin. Well... Guess the guy had more experience than I thought. 
gave me the whole consent talk, which I thought was weird, but was cool with it. I want to add that I didn't really enjoy the whole makeout undressing part, and honestly was bored throughout the entire thing, and was faking it the whole time. The guy just didn't do it for me. So I leave and walk home. End of story. Well, he hits me up the next day and asks if I want to hang out again. I don't really want to, but the guy said it could be a steady date. I try breaking it off, but he's persistent, so I end up saying sure. I ask my mom and she says go for it. Apparently the guy had a 4.0, so he must be smart. I told him I have homework and shit to do, no funny business. He said it was fine. He lied. The second time I got to his apartment, he tried forcing me into having a drink like he did the first time we met. I'm underage and he knows it. I say no, he insists. I laugh it off and get some water. Then it gets weird. He tries getting me into his bed and begs for me to kiss him. Like persistent begging, pathetic persistent begging. I'm trying to study and ignore him and I finally relent and give in. He set a timer for cuddle time, which turns into making out with me and it was unpleasant. Then he tries to get me undressed. I tell him no. He begs and brings up how I undressed for him last time. I relent again after telling him no several times and clearly being uncomfortable. He makes me undress him, which I found repulsive, and drags me into the shower. Trigger warning ahead. We get into the shower together and he's pressing his erect penis against my butt. I start to freak out due to being sexually assaulted by an older man as a freshman. He then forced me to stick my hand into his crotch. I yelped and smacked his hand away. He apologizes but becomes passively annoyed and we dry off and sat on his bed. This is when it gets worse. He makes casual comments about how young he looks and I inquire him about it. Turns out this man is 28 years old, which was 10 years older than me at the time. I thought he was 21. What the fuck? I want it out. I'm shaking at this point. Then, becoming extremely serious, he asked me why I'm still a virgin and why I wouldn't have sex with him. I tell him I'm a Christian, and he laughs and says, You already undressed me. I don't think you're that much of a Christian. Fuck him. I want it out. Then the begging begins again, with him giving lewd comments about my body. I'm almost in tears at this point, when he again begs and forces me to give him a hand job. I do what he asks, and hand him tissues disgusted when he comes all over himself. This is when he gets all angry. He glared at me and tells me that he has to make a phone call. This is my chance. I run over to my phone to text my guy friends to call me and bail me out. Luckily, my guy friend makes up an excuse and I put him on speaker. I'm trembling at this point and I can't stop. Seeing his mistake, this asswad begins to apologize profusely and I grab my bag, almost leaving my computer as I sprint out of there. After hiding out at Noodles and Company for an hour, I make it back to my dorm in tears and shaking profusely while my roommate promptly ignored me. Did I report him? No. Turns out this guy's parents are filthy rich and related to someone powerful in the government in China. My parents didn't care and just thought that I had regrets. I tried to commit suicide right after and consistently feel dirty, still not over it, even though I wasn't technically raped. So Eric, fuck you. My lesson to y'all, never feel safe around any new man you meet, even if they don't seem intimidating.